Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Michael Fletcher runs a very unusual business. The saucy printing company prints in edible inks onto plates for weddings, corporate events and so on. Michael has been networking for his business for a number of years, first of all in his native South Africa and now here in the UK. The idea for his business actually came about during a networking meeting. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Michael. Thank you very much, Liz. It's great to be here. Now, you've got a very unusual business, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I'd like to just explore your background a bit first. What were you doing before you set up your current business? So I've had about 20, 22 years worth of printing experience where in South Africa, I had a printing business doing everything from textile printing to paper, signage, and uh, basically branding. And um, that was in my blood. I had a, a, a very big fascination with silk screen printing, and I wanted to explore that further. Um, and I belong to my local BNI chapter in South Africa, which is a business networking event uh, where we share networks and, and business contacts. And uh, it was at one of those business meetings where I had a bit of a bright idea, um, and that's how my new business idea came about. <laughs> It's brilliant that your, your idea came about during a networking meeting. That's just the kind of story that we, <laughs> that we want for this podcast. So obviously, you, you, you've said you're from South Africa. What brought you to the UK and, and how long have you been here? So I've only been here just on two years. In fact, next week, it's my two-year anniversary here. Um, and it was just basically the life in South Africa. Um, you know, it's not the country it used to be. Uh, my wife and I had to think about my daughter, who's eight years old. Uh, so we decided we, we've got to make a bold move, leave family behind. It was very tough. Um, and as well as me having a well-established business to just sort of give that up and, and start over again was, was a big decision to make. But we had to do it for the long-term prospects uh, for my daughter mostly. And, and we're absolutely loving it here. And uh, I wouldn't change a thing, to be honest. Brilliant. So let, let's talk about your, your business and the Saucy Printing Company. Tell me about the meeting you were at and, and how this idea came to you. Sure. So in South Africa, the way our business meetings worked, we every week we would have a 10-minute speaker who does a presentation. And um, during that 10 minutes, we would be served uh, bacon and eggs. So we'd eat breakfast while we're listening to someone present their business. Um, and because it's a business networking event, I would have a little box of business cards in front of me, which happened to be next to the plate of food. And I was busy eating my bacon and egg, and there was a couple of chips on the plate. When I got to the end of the meal, I picked up a chip, and I know this is the wrong thing to do, but I was dipping it in ketchup, and I was doodling, basically copying my logo off the business card that was next to me onto the plate. So I was effectively drawing in source. And when I completed my logo, that's when the little light bulb went off above my head, as you see in cartoons. <laughs> and I thought, wow, there's edible branding on a plate. There's got to be something in this. Uh, nobody's ever put brand in there in an edible fashion. So it was from that moment on, I knew that my love for print would enable me to turn this into a viable idea and then later into a viable business model. And uh, the rest is history. Uh, the Saucy Printing Company was born. 
And so is it still ketchup that you print in or do you use something else now? <laughs> yeah, so that was where it started, but it's not so much fun just licking ketchup off a plate. So <laughs> I started playing around with chocolate sauce and, and that's where I, I hit the gold mine, so to speak. Um, so I predominantly print with chocolate sauce directly onto plates, which happens at weddings, corporate events, uh, gala dinners, uh, anywhere where there's a formal or informal meal that's served, and I print directly onto the plate. Chocolate is the most fun, but I also print in savory sauces as well. So if someone was to have, say, a corporate do and they want to serve some sushi, I can print in soy sauce, balsamic vinegar. I've printed with mayonnaise before, but uh, chocolate is the most fun. We all want to lick chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And so what's, you, you know, you mentioned doing this for, for corporate events and weddings and so on. What, what's the biggest event that you've done this for? I had a client in South Africa who used me year after year um, and we printed close to 2,000 plates it was I would call it more of a conference rather than a event um, so at this particular conference they'd have 2,000 guests and I would work hand in hand with the hotel so I would print behind the scenes lay the plates out uh, you can imagine how much space is required for 2,000 plates mm. um, and then the, the chefs would come behind me plates up and that would be served to the 2,000 guests so it was a massive event um, and I was able to cater for it, which I'm, I'm glad I was able to do. Yeah. I mean, presumably once, once you've printed something on a plate, that the plate then can't be stacked. So you've got to have a big space to spread them out in. Is that right? Um, that is right. Although there is something in the industry called a jack stack. So it's like a, it's a stand with uh, little mini shelves on it, if you like. So we can print and put them on there so they can be stored vertically and they take up a lot less space. Yeah. And so how, how far in advance of the event can, can you print? I mean, obviously chocolate melts, so I'm guessing it's not too far in advance. No, for that reason, I always print at the event um, for transport reasons as well. I can't print and transport them. So I actually print at the event just before the meal served. So if it's going to be a plated meal where the chef would plate up and serve it to the guests, I would work behind the scenes side by side with the chef or the catering company print they would plate it up and serve the guests so we're talking about it no more than five minutes before you are served it's been printed the alternative is where i print live in front of guests so this would be a, a buffet scenario where you would come up to me i would print a plate in front of you we'd have a little bit of a chat interaction you could see the printing you can smell the chocolate i'd give you your plate and then you would move on next to me where the buffet area is and you would choose your little desserts and knickknacks and that's the fun one because there's that interaction uh, there's a bit of entertainment and it's a visual aspect which is really important for corporates because it's, it's bringing attention to the logo that i'm printing on the plate and uh, in this day and age everybody takes pictures and they share it on social media and various platforms and again that's what the sponsor or the um, corporate of that event wants they want their logo on the internet so I'm just offering a, a brand new platform to be able to brand and I always say I now put branding where branding's never been put before and that's onto a plate in lickable sauce <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a brilliant idea and I understand Thank that you. you you took your idea to um South Africa's version of, of Dragon's Den how did that go 
Yeah, that was great. So in South Africa, it's called uh, the Shark Tank, as it is in the States and Australia and some other countries. Um, it was a brilliant experience. Um, if ever you think talking in front of a room is daunting, uh, you must try with TV cameras and judges and, and, and dragons. Um, but the exposure was absolutely phenomenal. You know, you just can't buy that kind of exposure. And uh, the benefits were amazing. I, I got so much work off the back of it. Um, I did not get an investment from the, the sharks or dragons on the day. They were concerned about a patent issue. Uh, unfortunately, I can't pay, patent this. I have tried uh, because it involves food and recipes and, and those kind of things can only be kept a secret. You can't actually patent mm -hmm. a source. Um, however, I've never had a competitor knocking on my door or a copycat, uh, but I did reap all the rewards of being on a, a national TV show and in fact international because it got showed in other countries in Africa as well. Yeah, fantastic. So you, you moved over to the UK two years ago. I guess that was around the time the pandemic was starting then, was it? Yeah, probably the worst time to, to start looking for customers in the hospitality industry. <laughs> but uh, you know, I made the most of it. And um, you know, I did my networking while we were all sort of down with our hands tied. So by the time we were released into the open, you know, I had my list of contacts to go and see. I had appointments set up. Um, and fortunately, although I was starting a new business in the UK, I was starting with experience. So mm -hmm. it's not completely new. I've been able to iron out all the issues over the years. Uh, and knowing that it's a proven, viable, profitable concept, that gave me the confidence to start from scratch again. Because uh, in, in a nutshell, a wedding is a wedding, an event is an event. Um, it doesn't really matter that it's a different country. So I was confident that once we opened up again, things would take off. Um, and they have. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have quite a full diary, especially with the weddings. Um, there is a quite a big backlog in weddings due mm -hmm. to the pandemic. Uh, and I'm reaping the rewards of that because this time of the year would normally be a wedding off season. And we seem to be having quite a bumper wedding season. So um, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk to me about, about networking then. So you said that in South Africa, you were part of BNI and I, I know you've yes. joined BNI uh, over here. Have you noticed any differences between BNI in, in the two countries? Um, yes, in BNI and business in general, um, especially with my product in particular, because this is new and innovative and disruptive. Um, and I do find that here in the UK, people tend to shy away from trying different things. Uh, there seems to be a, if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of approach, which is difficult for me when I'm trying to bring something completely new to the, the party. So I have had to change my pitch um, for all these little uh, small nuances and changes in, in business culture. But that's part of growing and, and being a business owner is being able to adapt to the environment that you're in. And uh, I do find there's a, a big culture of networking here in the UK, which I love, because the only way I'm going to get my business known is by speaking to people, tapping into their contacts, asking them to tap into their contacts on my behalf. So it's important that I, I continue networking and uh, spreading the word and letting people know that despite what your parents told you when you were young, you can lick your plate. <laughs> <laughs> and do you attend other networking events apart, apart from BNI? Um, yes. So 
uh, back to the pandemic, I had all the time in the world. So I joined my local chamber of commerce here in Cambridge. I found the South African chamber of commerce in the UK, which I joined as well, um, amongst uh, some other virtual networking events. So I try to spread myself out as, as much as possible. I possibly even overdid it because now mm -hmm. I'm having events all over the country and I'm traveling from Wales to Scotland to Cornwall. So uh, I might have been better off just toning down slightly and focusing on a smaller area. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. I'm busy and I'm getting to see the country at the same time. Yeah. So what, what is it about networking that, that keeps you keeps you going back to it? Um. I suppose in my case, um, it's a little bit different because when I talk about chocolate printing, everybody smiles and, and there's that fun element to it. So uh, as soon as I start networking with somebody and they say, well, what do you do? And I explain that, you know, they're all ears and, and they've got a grin from ear to ear, which gives me the passion to continue talking. Um, and yet I want to do what should be done in networking is ask about the other person's business as well. How can I help you? And uh, I try not to make it all about me, but everybody wants to know about this chocolate printing. So I've got to sometimes stop it and say, well, I want to know about your business now. <laughs> because network is, in, is important um, in, in terms of doing something for somebody else. Uh, there's a BNI network saying, give us gain, as you, you know. And um, yeah, so it's, it's all about a, a two-way conversation. Yeah. And do, do you ever do live demonstrations at the networking meetings that you go to? Uh, yes, uh, funny enough, this morning was my turn to do the 10-minute presentation. Uh, unfortunately, it's not South Africa, so they didn't serve bacon and eggs while I was talking. <laughs> Probably fortunate because I had their attention. But uh, yes, I do demonstrations there and I attend a lot of wedding fairs. Um, that's a great place for me to, to market and I always do a demonstration because it, it is a visual product and it's something that if I tell somebody that i Put chocolate sauce onto plates and i'll put your logo they always kind of picture me standing there just sort of squirting it out like you would have a happy birthday <laughs> and yet um it's it's the, it's the opposite it's extremely professional it's consistent um the logos are printed by hand using a silk screen format so it's, it's high-end branding it's not just a little scribble uh, done by hand um, and, and people are welcome to go and visit my website to, to have a look at those kind of pictures and you'll be surprised at how professional it does look and how it enhances the presentation of a meal. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a look at your website actually. So I, I, I've seen the, the, the pictures and they, they, they're just incredible. And so, the, you know, often with um, the wedding, there'll be like a little caricature of the, of the bride and groom. Do, do you draw those yourself? So unfortunately, I can't even draw a stick man if I try. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a couple of caricature artists uh, at my disposal. So I would just get them to do the caricature for me, and then I will handle the rest of the artwork process. And the caricatures add a, another fun element to a wedding, because uh, a bride and groom, when they plan their wedding, one of the first things they do is they say, my wedding is going to be different, and it's going to be unique, and it's going to be quirky, because you know, they might deny it, but it's always a bit of a competition with their mate or their sister or somebody else's <laughs> wedding. So um, bringing a bit of a fun element and a talking point into it um, is a big factor because they want their guests to go home talking about their wedding or sharing the pictures from the wedding. And having a quirky little caricature of the bride and groom on the plate 
next to a piece of their wedding cake is a nice picture. It's a nice snapshot of the day, you know, with the wedding date on it. So they love that. The guests love it. Um, and I love being able to do it. Yeah. Have you found that networking has helped you to find suppliers like your caricature artists and other people that you need to help run your business? Uh, yes, in fact, all of my artists came from referrals at BNI, um, as well as uh, some of my source uh, ingredients comes from a BNI connection. So you never know what you're going to get out there. You never know who knows who. Um, you know, I might be talking to a plumber, for example, but his brother might be the catering manager of the local university, for all I know. So networking is important to see beyond the person that you're speaking to and try and tap into their little black book and share in your black book at the same time. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. You you really don't know who knows who. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I understand that actually, although you do lots of printing in chocolate, you can't actually taste the chocolate yourself. Is that right? Yes, very ironic. So a couple of years ago, out of the blue, I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic, um, which means I can't eat anything with sugar, which includes chocolate, and yet I'm printing chocolate for a living. <laughs> so that has led me to, uh, because I do make my own sauces, because they need to behave like an ink in that they don't block up on my screen, but yet they don't bleed when I print. So there's a bit of science in there. So I have been able to make a sugar-free chocolate, a gluten friendly, sorry, gluten-free, a vegan friendly, because this comes up more and more these days at events where you need to cater for everybody. So uh, in a way, that's kind of helped me to progress and, and add to my range of sources available. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't taste uh, the desserts that are standing next to me at the buffet table. <laughs> that must be really tough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you have somebody to do the tasting on your behalf? Um, yes, my wife gladly tests. Uh, in fact, she encourages me to try new uh, flavors. And <laughs> but yes, uh, I have quite a range of sources. Like I mentioned, not just chocolates. I print in savory sauces too. And uh, I also print, believe it or not, with a white milk chocolate. And the reason for that is if a corporate wants their logo to be printed in their corporate colors. So let's just use Coca-Cola as an example. They would insist that their logo would always be printed in their particular red. Mm. So I would take white milk chocolate and I will tint it with food coloring, get their exact red match, and I would print their logo as their corporate identity manual states, but yet it's still chocolate and fun. Wow. Is that really difficult to get the shade exactly right? Uh, for the average person, I would say yes, but I have 20 years plus of printing experience behind me and that helps because I've always mixed ink through my life, matching corporate colors. Um, so there is a bit of experience behind that. It's not just throwing a bit of green into white and expecting the right color to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So finally, then, if people want to know more and are interested in, in, in your services, where can they find you? So uh, on my website, which is www.saucyprint.com, and you can find a whole gallery of pictures there from various events I've been doing over the years, um, as well as a quoting platform. So if you're interested and you want to just find out what this costs, uh, please log on to my website. And I can also be followed on Instagram at SaucyPrint, and you can keep up to date with all the weddings and functions I'm doing and, and have a look uh, at the journey I'm on. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. That's been a really brilliant story and something very, very different. Ah, well, I knew it was going to be a bit saucy. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for having me on this. 
Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.